0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, from Zuma Radio, AM
1: 740. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium, brothers and sisters. A sad day in the uh, Serrett household. Greece lost to Costa Rica. And it was we lost on penalty kicks uh, at the World Cup. I don't know if you're following the World Cup. I'm not a, a traditionally a soccer fan, but uh, as you know, the mighty Aphrodite is a uh, greek and uh, i guess i'm an honorary greek and so i have been caught up in this whole world cup thing and um, anyway uh... so the boys and i and uh... yaya my mother-in-law were watching downstairs up in uh, thornhill and uh, the mighty aphrodite is in uh, greece in kalamata she was in a tavern watching the game with a friend over there and so we were on skype together watching the game together and it was always a heartbreaker we uh, greece tied it. i say we uh anyway greece tied it in the in the dying moments of the second half and then we had a half a dozen chances to put it away in, in extra time but they just couldn't get it done and then costa rica's goalie made a brilliant save on the penalty shot and that uh, sealed the deal a real heartbreaker i'll tell you the soccer game not uh, the mighty Aphrodite. <laughs> anyway uh We'll get over it. We'll get over it. And good luck to Costa Rica. You always like the team that beats you to go right to the, uh, the end, right? Because that way you feel like you've been beaten by the best. So, uh, Zito Costa Rica. Uh, I want to welcome a new affiliate KBUF. KBUF AM thir- uh, 1030. Let me do that again. KBUF AM 1030 in uh, Wichita to the program. I know I mentioned them last week, but uh, uh, I believe they're going to start carrying the program this week. And I'm uh, delighted and honored to be included on KBUF's uh, weekly schedule. And I look forward to hearing from uh, people listening in on KBUF. So drop me a line and you can contact me through the website, richardserrett.com, or say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Uh And now for some uh, equally exciting news. Season 3 of my television program, The Conspiracy Show, debuts August 11th. 10 p.m. Eastern on Vision TV, August 11th, 10 p.m. 13 brand-new episodes, including uh, the execution of Martin Luther King Jr. and the framing of James Earl Ray, Uh, the murder of Marilyn Monroe, the assassination of John Lennon, energy healing, Uh, the water engine. Uh, Jeez, what else? Oh, uh, the cure for cancer. Has it been suppressed? We did an episode on that. I'm really proud of uh, these episodes. I got to tell you, and uh, there's some other ones in there that I, I just can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, uh, Vision TV across Canada, August 11th, 10 p.m. And I think I may have mentioned uh, uh, the program can now be seen in the United States on Destination America. Uh, anyway, we're thrilled about season three, and uh, special thanks uh, to Jalal Murai the uh, and the whole Murai family, really, at Film One for producing and really making it happen. There wouldn't be a conspiracy television program without Jalal Murray, and that's the darn truth. Uh, much of the uh, season three, actually, now that I think of it, was filmed in New York City. And we were camped out in the Hotel New Yorker in Chelsea. Uh, it was the corner of 8th, 8th Avenue and 34th Street. Uh, and it was, it was... Now we're going back a little while, but this was just before Hurricane Sandy hit, so it was October... And uh, I don't know if you've been to the Hotel New York, a beautiful uh, building in Chelsea, constructed in the uh, the Art Deco style. And it's also, of course, famous for being the home of the brilliant Nikola Tesla, who lived there for about 10 years, I think. And, of course, he died there. Uh, and he had two suites up on the thirty uh, third floor. And it's now one room. And you can actually – you can stay there. You can rent it out and stay there, room uh, 3327. And uh, – uh, died there in 1943, alone and penniless. And um, rumor has it that, of course, immediately following his death, the FBI swooped in and stole many of his papers. Anyway, there's a plaque commemorating a Tesla right outside his room. And uh, when, when I was staying there, I think I was uh, staying on the 17th floor or something like that. One night, anyway, I'd been down in the lounge. They've got two lounges at uh, the New Yorker, and one's called Cooper's Tavern. So I was down there having a cocktail, and afterwards... I decided to check out Tesla's room. So I took, up, I took the elevator up to the, uh, the 33rd floor and uh, I got off and all the lights were off in the corridor except there was one down at the end of this hall and it was kind of flickering. I thought, wow, that's kind of strange. And uh, so I got off the, the elevator and the doors closed behind me. And I started walking down, and I had—I remember—I had my cell phone with me, and I was kind of shining a light, and so and I thought this is kind of creepy. And I, anyway, I came to room thirty-three twenty-seven, and all the lights were off, and, and uh, there was the plaque. It wasn't so dark you couldn't see, you know, the, but the the, the, uh, the one light was flickering at the end of the hall, and uh, so I thought that's really bizarre. So I, anyway, I got back on the elevator. I was feeling a little bizarre, or a little uh, off, a little uh, uneasy. I went back to my room. And then the next morning at breakfast, I mentioned it to the waiter, and I said, "I told him what happened. Thirty-third floor, and Tesla, and blah blah blah. Ghosts?" I said, "Perhaps." And he said, "No, no, no, no. Uh, you know that we had um, electrical problems all through the night. Uh, keeping in mind, you know, it was pretty blustery in New York at this time. Again, just before Hurricane Sandy rolled in. So, uh, so there, there goes my ghost story. Uh, I thought I was onto something. Anyway, speaking of Tesla, you know, his birthday's coming up uh, next month, mid-July." the 12th, I think. And there's a four-day exposition and celebration coming to southern Ontario called Teslamania, celebrating the inventions, the visions, and the life of the uh, the eccentric Serbian-American inventor. And I think it's July, yes, July 10th through the 13th, and there are a number of venues here in Toronto, Oakville, Niagara Falls, a number of great speakers, a new documentary on, uh, on Tesla, uh, on his healing technologies called The Healing Fields, uh, which was uh, produced by uh, Robert Connolly, who's a good uh, friend of the program, and a number of, as, as I say, featured speakers, uh, one of which joined me last night on Coast to Coast. Not sure if you were able to, to hear me on Coast last night. Uh, for three hours, I spoke with Dr. William Pollack, who is one of the uh, foremost authorities in, uh, in North America uh, on the positive biological effects... Uh, of pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, which was discovered by Nikola Tesla. Anyway, I thought we'd talk about the same thing tonight as well, for about an hour. And it's interesting because I mentioned the conspiracy show. My next guest has been on this program a number of times, and she's been featured on one or two episodes of the TV show, I think, going back to seasons one and two. We talked about electromagnetic fields and the dangers of EMF, Magda Havas is uh, Associate Professor of Environmental and Resource Studies at Trent University. In fact, I think we've reached her right now. She's in the lab and she teaches there and does research on the biological effects of environmental contaminants. She received her PhD from the University of Toronto, completed postdoctoral research at Cornell University and taught at the University of Toronto before going to Trent here in, uh, in Peterborough. And her research since the 1990s has been concerned with, as I say, the biological effects of electromagnetic pollution, including radio frequency radiation, electromagnetic fields, dirty electricity, and ground current. She works with diabetics as well as with individuals who have multiple sclerosis, tinnitus, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and those who are electrically hypersensitive. She also conducts research on sick building syndrome, as it relates to power quality in schools, and it's a great pleasure to welcome Magda back to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Magda. How are you?
2: Hi, Richard. I'm well. Thank you.
1: And uh, did we, in fact, reach you in your laboratory?
2: I am in my lab. Not at the university. It's, it's at the Rose Lab.
1: Ah, okay. And uh, I, I hear it on good authority. My producer tells me we're going to hear a plant sing live on the air tonight. <laughs> Is that right?
2: If you allow me to do that, yeah.
1: All right. Well, we'll get to that in a minute because that's a bit of a head-scratcher. <laughs> but uh, listen, <laughs> let's uh, – you know, for years you have been um, – I'm going to use the word consumed. I mean this has been your life's work. Uh, the, the adverse effects of things like Wi-Fi and, and, uh, and, and cell phones and baby, cell, uh, baby uh, monitors and so forth, the dirty electricity, the adverse biological effects – uh, but here you are now a, a part of this a Tesla mania, and in part you're going to be singing the praises, the healing effects of um, electromagnetic fields. That's right. What caused this uh, this turnabout, or or was there a turnabout? I guess uh, have you always sort of advocated? You know, there's kind of a there's there's two sides to the equation.
2: No, I I don't think I've done that. (laughs) I think I've focused primarily on the negative side of this. Uh, But I work with people who have developed a sensitivity to this radiation and electromagnetic fields. And so I'm trying to figure out how to diagnose them objectively so that medical doctors can do the diagnostics in in their offices. And I'm also trying to figure out how to help them. And we do know that certain frequencies are actually quite beneficial for the body. And the question is, um, do these therapies work that are available um, and can people who are electrically hypersensitive benefit from them or are they simply just too sensitive to any form of electromagnetic energy?
1: And, and, you know, this ties into Nikola Tesla because here was a guy that worked constantly in a laboratory. He had the, you know, the Tesla coils and uh, the Van de Graaff generators and just constantly uh, surrounded by uh, electromagnetic fields so I mean, it must have had. One would have thought an adverse effect on him. So is that what? Do you know if is that what led Tesla to figure out? Okay, I, I better counteract all of this and, and and find out. You know how I can maybe remedy this with 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 healthy electromagnetic fields.
2: Well, you know, he was a very—I mean—he was a brilliant scientist who had a very broad range of interests, and certainly his inventions um, show that very clearly. And he was exposed; he was exposed to some very high uh, electric fields and high frequencies. And he lived to the ripe old age of 86, so he must have been doing something wrong, right? Um, and we do know, you know, that he was quite active, physically active. He walked. He. Had special diets, which I'm certain helped, but that wouldn't have been enough, I think, to protect him and he probably figured out what frequencies were beneficial and then treated himself accordingly.
1: Well, uh, you know, you mentioned he would go for long walks i I, I, I think he, he walked something like eight to ten miles a day, and, and um, so I mean what kind of, uh, what kind of frequencies in nature? Uh, would would he have encountered that would have had a a, a positive biological effect?
2: Well, you know, the Earth produces a magnetic field. It's a direct current magnetic field. So it's different than the alternating current that Tesla worked on that we use for electricity in most places. Um, And that has a beneficial effect on people. And studies have shown that if you're isolated from the Earth's magnetic field, all sorts of things begin to go wrong with your um, diurnal rhythm, your biological rhythm. We have solar radiation. A lot of that solar radiation is actually quite beneficial for the body. And being exposed to the right qualities of light, for example, it helps um, helps your body produce vitamin D. So we know that light is healing, and he was exposed to all of that.
1: All right, uh, Magda, we'll take a quick timeout, come back, and uh, continue to talk about the positive biological effects of electromagnetic fields and electromagnetic field therapy. Dr. Magda Havis, part of Teslamania, teslamania teslamania.tv. For more information, back with more of The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome back. Dr. Magda Havis is uh, with us, and uh, she's uh, in her lab and we're talking about uh, Nikola Tesla, uh, Teslamania, coming to uh, southern Ontario in July, July 10th through the 13th, celebrating his his visions, his inventions, and his life. Uh, and uh, Dr. Magda Havis is one of the featured speakers, and now uh, talking about the healing effects of electromagnetic fields. And uh, we, we mentioned Tesla getting out into nature and, and, and uh, exposing... Uh, himself to the solar frequencies and uh, the geomagnetic frequencies and and um, uh, the Schumann resonance uh, so does this I mean into, this is you know seventy years ago that Tesla was out walking around Central Park or wherever and here we are now living in a virtual electronic smog is the are things like solar frequencies, the Schumann frequencies, the geomagnetic frequencies enough? to counteract the, the, the adverse effects of, you know, this, the Wi-Fi and the dirty, dirty electricity and, and, uh, and all of the stuff that we're swimming in.
2: No, I don't think so, and I think that's the reason that we've got so many chronic illnesses in our society with people being on painkillers and uh, sleeping pills and mood enhancers and, you know, antidepressants, things like that. So, we're, you know, we're really living in a culture that's chronically ill.
1: So explain to me then uh, the difference between good EMF and bad EMF.
2: Well, you know, the human body is an electromagnetic organ and medicine has focused primarily, medicine in North America has focused primarily on the chemistry of the body, the biochemistry, and we treat a lot of illnesses with medication to alleviate symptoms in some cases and in other cases to uh, promote um, uh, different types of healing therapies. But the body is also electromagnetic, which means that if we understand how the cells communicate with one another, instead of giving people pills, we can actually treat them electromagnetically by giving them the right frequency that has the same effect that the body, of, of something that the body needs. Now, one of Tesla's devices was the Tesla coil, and that's being used in therapies that are called pulsed electromagnetic field therapies, or PEMF for short. And I know Dr. Pollock talked about that last night on Coast to Coast. Um, And we've had incredible success. We're just really starting this research, but we've had some amazing results uh, with this kind of pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. Um, And it's therapy that's being used in Europe and in Russia and, and parts of Asia and is virtually unheard of here in North America.
1: Or, or was, uh, or has been unheard of since about 1910, from what I understand. Because after Tesla uh, discovered much of this, he started training electricians uh, to to help people, and then all of a sudden, around 1910, the lid came slamming down on on all of this, and and uh, these doctors or or these practitioners rather were 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 considered to be quacks.
2: That's what, right. What happened? Well, that came with the Flexner Report uh, in 1910, and the Carnegie Foundation believed that um, they wanted to regulate medicine um, much more effectively than it was being regulated, and they wanted to ensure that it was science-based and um, that doctors had a certain minimal amount of, of education, and so they really wanted control over the medical industry, and they did that. And mostly that was that was a good thing, but alternative therapies were then... Uh, put by the wayside and homeopathy, and um, a lot of therapies that are currently being used in, in Europe with considerable success um, were simply not allowed in North America. And so we became a, a, a culture, a, a medical culture that relied very heavily on the pharmaceutical industry. And surgery. And surgery—that's right—and radiation therapy too. For you know, with the cancers that um, you know we're experiencing.
1: Oh, so, so give us some some examples. Um, these may be um, um, case studies, but give me some examples of, of people who are being uh, treated for different for various ailments using pulsed electro, electromagnetic field therapy.
2: Well, there are certain things that have been around for quite a long time and are well accepted by the medical profession. Non-union bone fractures it comes to mind. That's been available um, since the 1970s. And if you if you fracture a bone and it doesn't heal by itself, um, Uh, You can then expose it to pulsed electromagnetic frequencies, and it will speed up the rate of healing considerably. Now the problem is that it's not automatically used. It should be automatically used when any any kind of bone fracture happens, um, whether it's a non-union or a union, because it will just speed up the healing process. Transcranial magnetic stimulation um, is being used for depression, for example, quite successfully. Um, and CAMH, which is the Center for Addiction and Mental Health at the University of Toronto, um, they're doing research on this with considerable success. Uh, but the problem is that um, the only people who can have access to this this treatment are those who have tried at least three different types of chemical antidepressants that haven't worked. Um, so it's really being marginalized as a form of therapy. Um, Pulsed electromagnetic frequencies have been used for pain relief for a very long time, and they're used in veterinary medicine, so there's no placebo effect, for example, that people are very concerned about. Um, there's a lot of different technologies now. Um, Mats, for example, there's several that we have here in the lab the IMRS, the beamer, the MAS, and the Rumart. Um And these are basically Tesla coils. In different forms um, producing various frequencies and waveforms and um, when I first got into this uh, one of the claims that was made by the IMRS was that it causes your blood cells to look really healthy that they don't stick together Um, that's a condition called Rouleau and so I thought well you know I, I purchased one of these mats because I wanted to test it and um i i did a test i put you know took a blood sample put it under the microscope and after i laid on the mat for 8 minutes my blood cleared up beautifully it was it was looked really healthy blood um and um i remember one night i actually got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and i banged my uh, leg against the bed it had a sharp corner on it and the the it was so strong um, that I actually cut the skin and it was bleeding and I knew the next morning I'd have a major bruise and it would be painful, um, and so I treated myself with the with the uh, pulsed therapy for about ten minutes, went to bed, woke up in the morning, there was no bruise, no swelling, and you could still see where the skin had been cut, but it looked like it was already a three three day old um, injury.
1: That's some pretty compelling anecdotal evidence, but is it is there? Uh, documented uh, studies to go along with
2: that? Well, there's a lot of clinical work being done, particularly in Europe, um, on this. Um, Just one other, let me give you one other example, because this is really quite amazing, and and my research in this is just beginning, so I don't have, you know, a list of studies that I can tell you that we've done, but... um, I was learning how to use the On demand This is a technology that diagnoses, you know, what frequencies are out of balance in your body and then gives you back those frequencies. And I was learning how to use the device, and I had just had heart surgery um, a few months earlier, open heart surgery, triple bypass, and I had complications. And I had fluid um, accumulating outside my left lung, which made breathing extremely Mm -hmm. difficult. And I had a number of chest x-rays and was told that if it didn't clear up and it wasn't clearing up, it was getting worse, that I would have to have it um, suctioned out. And um, I went for this on-demand training and the woman who was training me said, you know, you're having difficulty breathing. I explained to her what had happened. She says, well, let me treat you. She treated me twice. Um, The first time I didn't notice a difference. The second time, they were both about 20 minute treatments. The second time I could breathe much easier. A few days later, I went back for the um, another chest X-ray, and the radiologist said that the drainage must have worked because all the fluid was gone. So this was totally non-invasive um, way of having my body basically heal itself, which is really quite amazing.
1: I'll say. And so, what is this device called again? An ondemet?
2: It's called On Demed, and it's, this one's primarily for clinicians to use it's It's fairly expensive um, Some of the other therapies that you can you can actually buy for your home and treat your entire family, including your pets it's uh, they're pretty low frequency and they're pretty safe to use
1: and w- where do they where do we get those and how much do they cost
2: um They vary in price um depending on on the kind of unit you get um, some are as as inexpensive as a few hundred dollars um, and then some are quite costly. In the order of about five, six, seven thousand um, dollars. The benefit, I think, of having something like this in your home is that you can treat yourself on a regular basis, um, and you can treat everyone in your home. So it's not like having to go and getting a prescription filled again and paying more and more money. One of the devices I tested is called an AlphaSim, and um, this is something you wear around your neck, and it produces low frequencies um, that. It, are similar to the brainwave frequencies that we produce, um, you know, alpha, beta, theta, and delta. And um, I was going, um, I've tried a lot of these devices, and many of them don't work for me, you know, so when I go to health shows, and I try something, they say put this on, and usually I can't feel anything, or sometimes it makes me feel ill. Anyway, I tried this device, and I I had to go, um, I went on a trip to Europe, um, to Germany, to do some, um, to attend a conference and to visit some labs. And I put it on and I set it to an alpha wavelength, which is the wavelength that helps you concentrate or meditate. Um, And I had it on all the time. Um, You know, flights going in that direction are usually quite hard on the body because you don't get to sleep at all. I was up for 36 hours non-stop, and at the end of that, I felt as refreshed as before I left for the trip, and this has never happened to me in my life, um, and um, I remember sort of thinking, my God, this this really works. So I wear it periodically when I have a lot of work to do, and I need to be re- really conscious and and you know, with it, um, and it seems to work enormously well. We've tried it with some people who are electrically sensitive, and they've had very good success with it as well. So, what you can basically do is is uh, dial in the frequency that you want. So, if you want to be relaxed, you dial in a, a theta or a delta frequency, and it'll help you go to sleep. If you want to be focused, you dial in an alpha. And if you want to be sort of really awake, um, you dial in theta or beta, and um, uh, you can basically control your brainwave activity and, and your diurnal clock.
1: And what frequencies work best for pain management?
2: Uh, with this one, it's not for pain management. Um, the, the mats, this is really basically just to control brainwave activity and your level of alertness. Um, it's primarily the mats that are used for pain therapy. One of the Things we did. Uh, there's a company called um, Roomart. It's from Quebec. Um, um, Dr. Roland Rollet was is the um, inventor of the technology, and they're basically um, two. They look like hula hoops. Um, that ha- they're it's a Tesla coil, but about the size of two hula hoops. We took this technology to a colleague, friend of mine, who's a chiropractor in Pennsylvania. He has a company called Bioenergy Med. And um, he deals with a lot of pain, back pain patients. And when we were there, um, he had a patient who had chronic back pain, and he hadn't been able to deal with this patient, um, has, hadn't had success with him. And we asked him if he would try the room art, and, and the patient was willing to, to do that. Um, Dr. Jeff Marangel did a scan, it's called um, an electrointerstitial scan, that will tell you where the um, problems are in the vertebrae, and so we could see where the inflammation was on the scan. Um, We treated the patient for about 10 minutes um, at a moderately high setting, a sort of intermediate high setting and at the end of the treatment he said 80% of his pain had was gone his back pain was gone we rescanned him we rescanned his body and all of the inflammation was gone 2 weeks later that pain had not returned and my guess is that had he had that treatment um not just once not just one you know 10 minute treatment but a treatment for a few days we could have probably gotten rid of all of his back pain
1: i know we can't uh, you know throw around words like healed uh, but h- how effective uh, is pulsed electromagnetic field therapy when dealing with uh, diseases like uh, cancer?
2: You know, that's the one um, question that I also have. Um, I know that when I was reading technology about um, bone healing, uh, one of the things I read was not to use it on cancer patients. and. It didn't say why but i expect it's because it promotes cell growth um and so if you're promoting cell bone cell growth you're contributing to the healing process of the fracture if you're promoting cancerous cell growth then you're promote you're contributing to the healing or to the promotion of cancer
1: interesting okay
2: not a good thing no however people do use it as as um you know along with chemotherapy to actually help the body um, improve the immune system and improve circulation, so really as an as a aid to cancer treatment.
1: All right, we'll uh, take a time out. Dr. Magda Havas stays with us, and at some point we're going to hear a plant sing live on the radio. We're talking Nikola Tesla and his remarkable healing technologies, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. Dr. Magda Havas here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. And we are back with Dr. Magda Havis, who will be one of the featured speakers at Teslamania, uh, which is coming to Toronto, Oakville, Niagara Falls, on uh, July the 10th through the 13th. And if you were listening to Coast to Coast last night, I, uh, I spoke with Dr. William Pollack, uh, who is, uh, I guess, one of the, the experts in uh, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. Uh, for the last quarter century, and uh, you may have seen him on Doctor Oz, and Doctor Oz is also a great fan of of Tesla medicine, as they call it. Uh, now, Doctor Havas, let's um, let's get to this uh, elect- this uh, singing plant. <laughs> what, <laughs> what pray tell is the connection between a, um, uh, a a singing plant and Nikola Tesla's medicine?
2: Well, um, we were. Let me just uh, back up lab. Um, we've set up a private lab called the Rose Lab, and that's for, stands for Research of Subtle Energy. And we're trying to understand how, how to monitor people who have developed uh, an electrosensitivity. And we decided to buy a polygraph machine, which is a lie detector. Limestone Technologies in Canada makes them. They're, they're one of the leading um, distributors of polygraph machines. And it, we're not using it as a lie detector. We're actually using it as, as a stress detector is when you hook people up and they lie, um, they're hand sweats, and so you can get a galvanic skin response. It's very, very effective technology. And one day, Bob Conley and I were uh, working with the the lie detector, and he said, why don't we hook it up to a plant? Now, a guy called Cleve Baxter, who was a specialist in um, polygraph machines back in 1966, did the same thing. I believe
1: I interviewed Cleve many years ago about this. Oh, how wonderful.
2: How wonderful. Well, so you're familiar with what he did, um, I assume.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
2: Okay. Well, we did the same thing. So we hooked up a plant, and we wanted to see if we could get a response from it. And and Bob sort of went to scare the plant, you know, and the plant reacted just like a human would. And then he did it again, and the reaction wasn't quite as, as strong. And then the third time he did it, the plant said, oh, you're just joking, and you're not doing anything to me, and didn't react at all. And so what we could see on the screen was this kind of reaction of, of one plant to to a human being. We then watered another plant that was in a totally different pot, and the plant that was hooked up responded, which was really kind of unusual and, and hard to explain. And so we began to work with these plants, trying to figure out what they responded to. And instead of just looking at a, at a line on a screen that goes up and down, like a polygraph machine, um, Bob decided that we should really hook it up to something that makes sound so that we can hear what these plants uh, are doing. And there's something called a MIDI, which is you know an uh, uh, interface that allows you to convert um, the changes in the voltage to music or sound. And we contacted Limestone Technologies that made the polygraph and asked them to make a special one for us that we could hook up to plants and that would play a sound. So they they developed this technology for us. And we hooked plants up, and we found that as we approached the plant, the plant would make a sound. Um, And Bob thought this would be a great thing to show it um, at Tesla Mania at the Science Center, which he's doing, and also at uh, Joshua Creek um, on the Saturday. And um, so then he wanted to make sure that the plants wouldn't get stage fright, because sometimes they'd respond to us and sometimes they wouldn't, and they would respond differently to different people, which was really quite amazing. And so we began to play around with it, and we found that if we took um, a quartz crystal, um, whether irrespective of the shape of it, or one of those singing bowls, if we used a singing bowl and made it sing, hum, the plant basically followed the same sound. And and almost, you know, it was like playing together with the music. And we can conduct it if we used a a quartz baton, just like, you know, a conductor would in an orchestra. And so Bob got these plants um, to do all sorts of fascinating things. And um, we went to the Total Health Show, and we were doing, um, we were showing different lights, and some are harmful and, you know, some have beneficial frequencies. And we also took these singing plants. We took two of them two house plants and we hooked them up and um, we showed people that if they approached them the plants would respond and so I recorded it and I recorded it on my iPad so the quality isn't great and I'm sure if Bob's listening to this he's groaning right now that um, you know I'm going to show something that's not quite up to his his level um, but it's absolutely fascinating and I've had friends over and I've, I've played the plants to them and they're mesmerized by this.
1: Um, <laughs> listen, we we have to take a break. We come back and we'll we'll uh, we'll hear the singing plant now. Uh, which which plants are are uh, the best singers? Are they azaleas or rhododendrons or? What?
2: <laughs> well, we found that some ferns refuse to play our game. You know, aloe seems to be pretty good. So
1: aloe. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, listen. We'll. Um, are we going to hear from an aloe when we come back? You will. Wonderful. Making its. Radio debut here on The Conspiracy Show. A singing aloe plant from the Rose Laboratory. Dr. Magda Havis conducting. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. All right. As promised, you are about to hear an aloe plant a singing um, under the... Uh, Supervision of Dr. Magda Havis, who joins us on the line. We're talking about Tesla's healing uh, technologies, and uh, Dr. Havis will be uh, one of the featured speakers at something called Teslamania, which is a, uh, a four-day celebration, exposition, the uh, the life and times and inventions and visions of the great futurist inventor, Nikola Tesla. Uh, teslamania.tv is the website. Okay, so uh, you have hooked up this a low Aloe plant, rather aloe plant, which is a um, uh, it's a it's a it's a desert plant. Is it not a succulent?
2: That's right. It's a succulent. We actually have two plants hooked up. One's an aloe, and one's a fern. It, they're both in pots, and they're they're hooked up with um, the same thing that you would hook a person up to a, a lie detector, and they're put through a musical interface device. And one one is the aloe is the is hooked up to a drum. And the other plant is hooked up to um, almost like a crystal, um, high-frequency sound. So you'll be able to tell the difference. Now, at the, to- at the um, uh, Toronto Science Centre, when we do this on stage, we'll have at least four different plants playing together with someone, uh, with some musicians, some human musicians, uh, playing the theremin and other, other technologies. So... It's going to be really quite entertaining. So this was, this was um, I, I taped this at the um, um, Total Health Show in Toronto back in April. And I'm going to play it for you now. There's a little bit of background of people there, but the boom, boom is the aloe.
1: And was it who who was playing the vibes there? Was that the fern?
2: That was the fern?
1: All right. Was it a boston fern
2: i can't yeah I, I can't remember. I'm All sorry. right,
1: maybe studied under Arthur Fiedler. I'm thinking with the, <laughs> <laughs> uh but then uh, so how do we know that th- this is not just uh some sort of background uh noise that's being produced, I don't know, uh, not uh, not by the plant, but somewhere well, in- the internally. Electric-
2: the electrodes are hooked up to the plant, and the plant is going is experiencing uh, across those two electrodes difference in the electrical voltage. Uh, I had the same question you had, so what we actually did is we took the um, the electrodes and put them on glass that should vibrate as well if there was any kind of vibration in the room, and they didn't play anything for us when no matter what we did. Um, we put it on me and I didn't play anything either. Um, it was really the plants that reacted and it's not they're not reacting in a random fashion. They're really reacting almost in an intelligent way um, because what you heard was not noise.
1: That was a composition.
2: It was a composition and when you hear these plants playing together it is magical. I mean people sit there with their mouths open Thinking, oh my God, this is beautiful. And, you know, I, I actually see in the future that um, uh, garden centers will have these instruments, um, healing places, uh, spas will have them. So instead of, you know, listening to music that a human has, has manufactured, you're going to be listening to healing plants playing so, music for you.
1: So, Magda, what are, we, what are we saying then about plants? That they, they have a consciousness?
2: Well, you know the way people are now responding to plants, the ones that have interacted with them and they get they elicit a response, and the response is specific to the individual it's not the same response with every person they have a totally new respect for the plant after that it 's not as though it's just something in a pot um, i'll be working in my lab and i 'll have them hooked up and you know I'm in a different room, and suddenly they'll start playing. Um, for no reason, and I'll go over and I'll talk to them um, because it's almost like they're trying to communicate with me. And, you know, that's my interpretation of this. But if you interact with them, it really does feel like an interaction rather than just a random response.
1: My word. Uh, So salad really is murder.
2: (laughs) Well, I feel sorry for the vegetarians who won't eat meat uh, because after you interact with these plants, you really recognize that they're a very... Um, important life form that, um, you know, you have to have a lot of respect for as well.
1: Well, I'm trying to um, sort of dial back to my conversation. It was either Clive Baxter or um, his assistant, uh, a woman whose name escapes me, because I think at that time Clive was getting on in years. Mm. In fact, he may have passed by now, I'm not sure. Um, But it seems to me uh, that uh, he or she uh, talked about um, the... um, the cells not just in plants but even in things like chicken eggs it wasn't just it wasn't just the cells in plants it was any living cell seems to have this ability this to 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 communicate in some way uh are are you finding that or or, or is your research limited to plants at this point
2: Um, it's limited to plants right now but i have followed baxter's work and and the things that he did um, you know, doing things in a random fashion. I mean, the plants were actually reacting to his thoughts, which is truly amazing. Um, I watched a program a few days, a few weeks ago, on how plants communicate with one another, and they tend to do it through uh, pheromones and, and different, you know, uh, chemicals that they release into the air, and I expect they're also communicating electromagnetically. Um, and if this is going to be a new area of research for, you know, some graduate student, um I think it'll be absolutely fascinating. one of the things i'd love to do is to try to get plants not to play music so much but to actually um, say words like yes, no, um, so if the potential goes in a certain direction, it's a yes' and if it goes in another direction, it's a no, and you know ultimately be able to communicate with them
1: and being in the same uh, in the same proximity as these plants are they emitting uh some sort of a a, a beneficial frequency
2: well that I don't know Um, but certainly there are people who are very sensitive to energies and they tell me that um, they interact with their plants that they really feel that their plants are responding to them and they do feel that their plants have a healing effect Um, I don't have any evidence to that you know myself but um, it's certainly a fascinating area to study
1: Getting back to Tesla and and uh, these healing technologies, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. Uh, I mean, what's what's preventing the widespread use? Why doesn't every home? Why doesn't every doctor's office have one of these
2: devices? Well, I think um, we're kind of fortunate here in Canada compared to the United States. The federal, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. Um, has clamped down on these uh, devices in Canada. Um, Health Canada is actually allowing a number of them through. The Ondemet, for example, has been approved. Um, RoomArt has been approved. Um, a number of them are now going for approval um, so that they can be used either by physicians or um, in the home um, because they don't seem to have um, any adverse effects. You know, they've been, these have been used for decades in, in Europe with. Remarkable results, absolutely remarkable results. We also have a fairly strong um, pharmaceutical lobby in North America, much stronger in the United States than Canada, and it will compete um, for obviously limited funds. Um, but my, in my mind, I think um, healing with lights. Um, which is just part of the electromagnetic spectrum and post electromagnetic fields, I think, is, is the way that we're going to be um, treating people with illnesses in the future. And they will be treating themselves. Um, uh, and I think what this technology does is it promotes the body's ability to, to heal itself and to self regulate. Um, and it can be used for so many different things that, you know, that's already in the literature that we can find. So I think this is the future of healthcare it 's going to be a very inexpensive um, way of of treating people and um, keeping them healthy uh,
1: but but for now uh and, and i and I talked to William Pollock last night, and he was not particularly hopeful uh, that this is i mean it 's going to be a tough road because of the costs for getting uh, these devices approved and and, uh, you know, completing the necessary studies and so forth.
2: Well, that's Um, one of the things the Rose Lab is doing. We are actually testing these devices or plan to test them um, to find out how effective they are for different types of things. We already know that it benefits circulation enormously. There's been studies done in Europe on that. it affects your immune system. It actually boosts your immune system enormously. And when you promote the body's ability to heal itself, that's when you get true healing involved. So I'm actually much more optimistic than, than Dr. Pollock. Um, I think uh, we're going to have these devices here, and doctors are going to want to use them, and so will patients um, working in their own homes.
1: So Tesla mania. Uh, July 10th through the 13th, teslamania.tv for uh, more information. You'll be speaking where and when?
2: I'll be speaking at the Toronto Science Centre on Thursday, July 10th. That's Tesla's birthday. I'll also be at um, Joshua Creek, which is in Oakville. That's the Joshua Creek, Creek Art Centre. Um, and we'll have the musical plants there so people will be able to interact with them. There'll be some of the healing therapies there for people to try out and use. Um, books, crystals, um, Tesla souvenirs, meters that you can buy to measure some of the harmful effects of electromagnetic radiation. Um, So there'll be a lot of interesting things, including walking the labyrinth and, um, you know, walking just like Tesla did.
1: And uh, just to take a few moments here and uh, tell me about Bob Connolly's film, The Healing Fields. Were you involved in, in that?
2: Yes, Bob and I have been working together for probably the last three to four years, um, and we both became interested in healing therapies uh, simultaneously and decided to work together. So we've traveled to Europe a number of times to different parts of the United States. We've interviewed, you know, Bill Pollack, um, a number of other um, doctors who are using the therapy, scientists who are researching it, um, and so his, his um documentary uh, on the healing field is going to include sound, light, and electromagnetic field therapy. What he's going to be showing is just a small portion of that uh, at the Toronto Science Centre that deals primarily with Tesla and his his technologies. And he's going to be showing some of the history of quack devices that are are no longer available um, to use.
1: All right. Uh, And so, we're, um, we're hoping also to see, we'll, we will see a screening of, of uh, the healing fields as well. And, and when is that going to take place?
2: That's going to, well, there's, there's going to be a screening of a small portion of it um, on July 10th. Um, He'll probably show some of it on July uh, 12th as well at uh, Joshua Creek, um, and hopefully by the end of this year um, he'll have it ready and be ready to show a lot of people. He also wants to go on the road with this. Um, with his, he's, he's going to call it uh, Robert's Plant Band um, and take um, the show on the road. And So if there are communities that want to um, see it firsthand and talk to some of the people, he's going to have the equivalent of the TED Talks, the Tesla Talks the singing plants and um, demonstrations on, on stage. So it'll be educational and, and highly entertaining. Uh,
1: these are non-union plants, I take it? <laughs> well, last question. Why don't, we, why don't school children learn about Nikola Tesla? You know, they read about Marconi inventing the radio, which clearly he did not. That's right. Uh, wh- why, did, why don't we learn about Tesla?
2: Well, I think that's changing, too. I think, unfortunately, he's he's a genius who's been forgotten, but there are a lot of people who are absolutely fascinated by his inventions and still learning from him. And I think there's a revival um, of the interest in Tesla, and it will be in the school books, uh, and people will be learning about him. Because virtually a lot of the things that we use today came from him, You know, whether it's the fax machine, the cell phone, the Internet, TV, radio. They're all based on his patents and um, his vision.
1: He's a, he's a modern-day Leonardo da Vinci uh, and has been essentially stricken from the record books. All right. Well, listen, um, Dr. Havas, thank you. And uh, please uh, give my regards to the al- aloe plant and the, uh, the Boston fern. And um, great pleasure speaking with you again.
2: My pleasure as well, Richard.
1: Richard is the website, your portal to The Conspiracy Show. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard and as always, follow the truth. Thanks for inviting me into your home. My wish for you, wherever you may be, is that you are safe and warm, dry, and of course well-fed. In two of my Dead Drop Newsletter. We'll be out tomorrow, and I'm just putting the, uh, the finishing touches on it. If you're interested in subscribing, it's free, and it's fast, and it's easy. Or you can do that through the website, richardserrett.com. There is a blue button on the left-hand side near the top of the, the website. It's on all the pages, not just the homepage. And it says, Member Area Login. Member Area Login. So just click on that. And then you fill in the uh, required fields, submit that. You'll get a – there's a little, I don't know, a little puzzle thing you have to do. My webmaster put this together uh, that makes sure you're a human. (laughs) I don't want to make you jump through hoops, but you know how it works. So uh, anyway, you, you fill that out. You do the little puzzle thing, and then you submit it, and you'll receive a confirmation email. If you don't receive a confirmation email within a reasonable amount of time, Check your spam folder. Check your spam folder. 99% of the time, if you don't get that confirmation email, uh, rather than email me and then I forward it to the, my webmaster saying, hey, what's going on? Check your spam folder. It's probably in there. Uh, and then once that, that's it, it's quick and easy. And then you'll get the, uh, the dead drop newsletter uh, delivered into your inbox. And uh, initially, I had intended... To make the dead drop a weekly newsletter, uh, but quite frankly, for now, anyway, it's going to be biweekly, at least for the summer. I'll tell you why. It's the summer, and you know my boys are uh, with me all day, every day, all summer, which I absolutely love. Uh, and quite frankly, my time is better served. Taking the boys to the ballpark and up to Wasaga Beach and the movies and the park and out for ice cream and about a thousand other places uh, you can imagine. And that has got to be the priority. All right. So uh, at least for the summer, we're going to make it a biweekly. And uh, anyway, I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, I'm kind of proud of it. Issue two coming out uh, tomorrow. And it's about Iraq. It's called the Gulf War Reboot Fixin' to Die Rag. Uh, For those of you who remember Country Joe and the Fish, a little tribute to that. Anyway, I was supposed to speak with a gentleman on the program. His name is Wolfgang Helbig. About a week ago I was contacted by someone affiliated with Mr. Helbig and said you got to get this guy on the show and uh we were going to talk about the Sandy Hook Elementary shooting which quite frankly um is well you know as a as a, as a parent even if you're not a parent any time there's anything that involves children it's uh difficult it is difficult and here we are 18 months later and you know there are, there are a lot of unanswered questions surrounding that whole thing and um, Wolfgang was supposed to join us but he is not picking up the phone so I'm going to move on and if he checks in with us during the uh, the course of the hour then we'll put him on and we'll talk to Wolfgang Halbig who is an interesting um, interesting guy I mean he seems to have some bona fides. he was a, a former Florida state trooper in Miami United States customs inspector And the former executive director of the National Institute for School and Workplace Safety, and in that capacity, uh, he worked with about 8,000 school districts and 65,000 students assessing the safety of their their schools. And so obviously he took a, a keen interest in what happened in December 2012 in Newtown, Connecticut, and uh, Sandy Hook. And uh, I don't need to uh, revisit the horror show. Uh, but he has 16 questions that he wants answered. In fact, he traveled to Newtown with Jim Fetzer. Many of you may be aware of Jim. Jim's been on my show, nine eleven uh truther and assassination researcher knows just about everything there is to know about uh, JFK, I would say, after Jim Mars. Jim Fetzer is one of the big authorities. And uh, uh, James DiEugenio, of course, as well. But Fetzer and, and Helbig went to Newtown to poke their nose around and start asking some uncomfortable questions. And they were met with stony silence when they got to Newtown. And many of you may be saying, well, good. Anyway, they were not only met with silence, they were met with derision. Uh, And some of you might be saying, well, good. Haven't those people in Newtown suffered enough? But again, there are these nagging questions, and I was hoping to get into that with Mr. Helbig, but he's not where he's supposed to do. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to open up the phone lines, and it's going to be one of those rare occasions where we'll do some open lines. You, me, and the telephone for the next, oh, 54 minutes or so. But we can't do open lines unless you phone in. And I'm going to break with format here a little, bit, a little bit, something I don't often do because we've got the recorded liner with the phone numbers on them that roll in and out of commercial breaks. So you won't often hear me giving the phone numbers, but I'm going to do it right now. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740 from the Greater Toronto Area. And toll-free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. Let me give you that again. one 866 740 4740, and Greater Toronto, 416 Now, we can talk about just about anything, keeping in mind we have certain parameters. This is, after all, called the conspiracy show. We talk about political skullduggery, geopolitics. We talk about cover-ups, but we also talk about the paranormal, the supernatural, alternative energy, alternative archaeology, alternative health. Recently, I spoke with Dr. Magda Havas from Trent University talking about the healing attributes of pulsed electromagnetic therapy, electromagnetic field therapy. And I talked to uh, Dr. William Pollock on the same subject uh, when I hosted uh, Coast to Coast recently. Uh, so we can talk about that. If you've had any experience with Tesla's medical technologies, electromagnetic, uh, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, I'd love to hear some anecdotal evidence as to whether that works or not. And um, the other thing that I've talked about recently is Iraq. Of course, Iraq remains front and center, this horror show that's going on in Iraq with ISIS, the Islamic state of Iraq and Syria, or Levant, as it is somewhat sometimes called, this rampaging band of jihadists striking fear into the, uh, the people of Iraq, beheading just about anyone who gets in their way. In fact, you don't have to get in their way. What is that all about? Well, I... Uh, I noted with great interest that back in 2012, the German magazine Der Spiegel had uh, quoted several Jordanian officials who reported that about 200 individuals that have, I guess, been confirmed as members of ISIS were trained by U.S. military personnel at a secret base in Jordan. Now, officially... And the Jordanians insist that this was the case. Officially, these uh, insurgents, who now go by the name of ISIS, were being. Sorry, I'm just getting uh, uh, my producer uh, in my in my ear here, just giving me some instructions, um, and we'll get to the phones here in just in just a moment. Uh, yeah, Damien, if you could just put their, uh, the names and uh, numbers up on the, uh, the screen there, and then I can take those calls, and I see the lines are starting to go, so that's great. Uh, ISIS, we were talking about ISIS. The, uh, the individuals that were trained in Jordan, according to the Jordanian officials, were to join the Free Syrian Army. And they were supposedly vetted whatever that means vetted to ensure that they had no trucker trade with al qaeda now we're told that al qaeda considers isis to be too extreme can you imagine al qaeda has wants nothing to do with isis because they're just they're just beyond the pale So uh, Webster Tarpley and I were, 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 have been discussing this on uh, on this program and uh, and and Coast recently, whether or not that's in fact the case, whether ISIS was deliberately created. It's the old create the disease, this rampaging terrorist group, threatening not only uh, Baghdad but also the oil fields. So you create this disease, and now you create the opportunity to offer the cure, which is what? Well, more boots on the ground. The Gulf War reboot. Dick Cheney, former Vice President Dick Cheney, writing in the Wall Street Journal, this editorial, saying, we never should have ended the Iraq War. Now General Petraeus saying, it's time to go back in. I guess the powers that be uh, decided that the American public wasn't going to fall for the weapons of mass destruction one more time. Uh, and so they had to come up with another ploy to galvanize public support for another war in Iraq. And what is the end game here? Further isolation of Iran, because Noriel Maliki is... Uh, is one of Iran's only friends in the region. Who's the other friend of Iran in the region? Syria. Well, look at how the, uh, the U.S. and its NATO allies and the corporate media are bending over backwards to paint Assad as another Hitler. Well, Maliki has been cozying up with Iran, and who else has he been cozying up with? Who else has Assad been cozying up with? Who else has Tehran been cozying up with? You guessed it. Russia. So it's time to get Maliki out of there. How best to do that? Well, again, you create this insurgency known as ISIS, but I gotta tell you, it's so odious, even for me on this program, to think that there would be such evil, such evil minds that would concoct such a scheme. We will create a terrorist organization so sinister, so evil, There are reports they are kidnapping Kurdish children and threatening to behead them. Anyway, we can talk about Iraq and ISIS if you'd like. We can talk about the healing powers of technology. Anything goes. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. And welcome back. It's a night of open lines. You, me, and the telephone. And uh, let me give you the phone numbers one more time before we go to the calls. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. And toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And we begin with George. George, how are you? Good morning. Is George there?
3: Yes. Hi, Richard. Hey, George. Hi. Hi. Last week, you were addressing the issue of reincarnation, and that uh, it was a bit of an issue with you being a Christian.
1: Right. We had. Uh, let me just remind listeners: we had uh, Dr. Um, Elena Gabor on, and uh, she is a past life regression uh, therapist, and so she was with us last week talking about that. Yes, it's it's true. I, I mean, I have witnessed a number of uh, regressions. Uh, in studio. I've done a number of them on uh, on, on this program uh, for the TV show. And I definitely think there's something going on there, but it just, you know, I put everything through that filter, my faith filter, and I know people uh, insist that, you uh, know, uh, uh, re- reincarnation has been expunged from the Christian tradition. Um, however, until I guess that, that, that evidence is presented to me, um, I just... Um, I don't know what to tell you. What, what, do you, well, what did you want to add?
3: Um, when I was in my 20s, I got involved through a friend of mine into the Edgar Cayce readings. And as you know, reincarnation is one of the things that, uh, is, that he spoke about. And uh, being a Christian, it became a very difficult issue for me. In fact, I struggled for it, with it for about 15 to 20 years. Oh, you too. Are interesting. Right. Yes, because... Um, You know, the scriptures are very clear that uh, it is appointed unto man to live once only. Right, right. And so it was a a very difficult stumbling block for me. But then one night I was listening to the late uh, Dr. Pastor Gene Scott, and uh, it was very interesting because uh, I caught him on the shortwave radio, and he was actually uh, making negative comments about Edgar Cayce, so that caught my attention. And then I'd never heard this guy before. And then it was interesting because he was actually, you know, making a comment in, in the sense that his predictions weren't coming true in this and that. And then he said something very interesting. He said that when people go under into regression and they're hypnotized, it is not them that are speaking, but rather the whole issue of reincarnation is the demonic spirits that are coming through the subconscious, those demonic spirits are the spirits that have lived throughout the centuries from the beginning of the history of man, and it is their memories of being in places and knowing people that is actually coming through the subconscious of the person. Right, right.
1: I I, I think there is some credence to that, and and I say that uh, knowing that there will be many people out there, uh, you you know, who would... um, would guffaw at that, and, and I, I know you, you've probably experienced that yourself. It is,
3: um, it is, but... Uh, but Richard, I, I think
1: there's some credence to that,
3: George. Richard, it's, uh, I felt that it was the truth, and I've never changed my mind. I believe that to be correct, and that's all, that's all I wanted to say.
1: Well, uh, I appreciate the call. The other thing that's going on with past-life regression therapy, and, 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 and uh, any past-life regression therapist worth their salt will tell you this, uh, that it, you don't necess- you don't have to subscribe to reincarnation. Uh, it could be a metaphor that the mind is creating, uh, and it seems entirely real to you. I mean, the mind is an incredible. Let's face it; it's the most co- complicated supercomputer uh, ever devised, True. and um, it's quite capable of creating these elaborate metaphors that 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 seem like an actual. You know, prior existence, and so when I see people under hypnosis, uh, and I see the emotion and the anguish, uh, or the you know, and I see the tears, to them it's a real experience, and that's why I, I don't think there's any fakery going on here. Uh, so that's the other possibility.
3: That's uh, right, and I, I can I can appreciate that particular possibility, but if it isn't that and it is the other, then I'm prepared, and I do believe what I just said. Um, you know is in fact a possibility. You know.
1: Appreciate the call, George. Thank, Thank you, very
3: much, you, Richard. I've been enjoying listening to you since the first day you went on the air and that other radio station years ago.
1: That was a while ago, very and I hey, I appreciate you hanging in this long. <laughs> a long
3: many years, and you've certainly grown over the years. Indeed. Thank you very much, Richard. All right,
1: I appreciate it, George. I yeah. have grown in directions I'd rather not have grown. <laughs> All right, uh, is it Marcel? Up next is that Marcel. Can we plug Marcel in there? We're having a little problems with our uh, our phones. Marcel, you are on the air, my friend.
4: Yes. Good evening, sir.
1: Good morning. Good evening.
4: Yeah, I've actually uh, been working with uh, pulsating electromagnetic energy fields uh, since the early nineties.
1: When you say you've been working with it, you mean you've been using it, or you are a practitioner?
4: I actually started with my brother at the Wolf Clinic. It uh, was here in Toronto on Bloor Street. We were doing rye frequencies, ozone, hair analysis, all those things that now are becoming more common.
1: All right, and, and so walk me through this. What, are the, what, what the type of device are you, are you using? How do you use it? What does it look like? What does it cost? Give me the, the nuts and bolts.
4: Uh, well, you know, um, the technologies back in the early 90s were a little more primitive than what they are today. Today they're digital um, and they're getting smaller, of course. Uh, everything uh, will eventually operate from something similar to an iPad.
1: All right. And what frequency range are we talking about here? Are you utilizing?
4: Well, you know, whether it's uh, an air purifier, a water purifier, a PEMS device, those devices which, you know, mimic nature, those are the ones that uh, we want to line up for.
1: Like the Schumann Resonance, in other words.
4: Yeah, so... Um, uh, basically, the problem is is that we're being exposed to too many of the man-made frequencies and not enough of the natural frequencies. Oh yes. So you know, um, I know that when my grandparents grew up in the 1910, 1920, 1930, the air, the water, the food was all pure, and we didn't have uh, dirty electricity. Matter of fact, uh, they didn't have electricity on the farms until later. So. Um, life has definitely become a lot more complicated. But I believe that frequency is the common thread. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's quite profound, and um, it's something that uh, everybody needs to become familiar with as soon as possible.
1: And and uh, w- w- share some anecdotal evidence uh, with me. Uh, any remarkable cases that, that jump out at you? Someone came in with, I don't know, Fibromyalgia or or diabetes and... and, Well, actually,
4: you know, fibromyalgia in Japan is not called fibromyalgia. It's uh, actually called electromagnetic deficiency syndrome.
1: Oh, isn't that interesting?
4: Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't it be nice if we could call all of the diseases by their actual cause instead of the person who basically discovered them?
1: That is amazing. Give me that again.
4: Yeah, fibromyalgia is actually called electromagnetic deficiency syndrome. And actually, one of uh, the people that I admire most in the past was Dr. Albert Von Senghorgi. Gorgi. He was considered the father of modern biochemistry. And in his last work in 1978, he stated that cancer is due to a submolecular electronic disturbance. So that should have been front page news in every publication for at least a month. But of course it wasn't. And Tesla, Tesla, not only was he the world's biggest geek, but the most effective, the most productive, and also he wasn't a bad dresser.
1: <laughs> Marcel, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much.
4: Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, let's say hi. Let's, oh, we're going to go to Kentucky, the bluegrass state, and uh, say good morning to Andrew. Hello, Andrew.
5: Hey, how are you?
1: Very well. How are you listening to the program?
5: I'm um, actually streaming live on the Internet.
1: Streaming us live at uh, radio dot, uh, dot, com.
5: Uh,
1: dot .ca. Dot .ca. All right, thank you. You'd think I'd know the only, my, the, the website. But <laughs> All right, Andrew from Kentucky. What's on your mind?
5: We're uh, going all the way back to the Warren Commission.
1: All the no way log. back. All right.
5: Uh, I've read several times, and even Jim Mars mentioned that, the uh, chauffeur to help for Hale Boggs, when he went on his trip over Alaska, I believe it was, was a young Bill Clinton.
1: Was it Bill or Hillary?
5: I had read it was Bill.
1: Ah, yeah. Hale Boggs was the father of Cokie Roberts uh, from uh, ABC News. You might remember Cokie from this week with, uh, uh, David Brinkley. with David Brinkley for many years. Hale Boggs, that's right. And uh, then that plane mysteriously went down. He
5: was one of the dissenters. That on the on the commission, he that's did not right. Want to to subscribe to the lone gunman theory?
1: That's right. Many people forget that it was not a unanimous decision. There were dissenters, and I forget what what was it, six to four, or five to three, or something like that.
5: I think maybe was it Richard Russell that was also a dissenter. I believe so. So, but I was wondering if you had a comment about if you thought that Bill Clinton being on the on the scene at that early age, if you thought maybe that was an, a uh, a sign of advanced grooming from the uh, global elite.
1: Um, you know, I'd have—I I don't recall Jim Mars um, uh, t- talking about that, but it seems to me I, I'd had heard something about the Clintons and Hale Bogg. It might have been uh, my good pal Nelson Thal who told me that. Uh, might have been on this program, in fact. I'd have to—I'd have to look into that. I, Jim, Jim Mars was just up in, in Toronto uh, at, a, a, at a speaking event, and I emceed and, and uh, had uh, dinner with him a couple of times. And it's funny, you know, uh, um, when I'm out to, to dinner, I don't get into the, a lot of this conspiracy stuff. And I, I just thought, you know, I'd g- give Jim a break when yeah. we had dinner. So I didn't – I mean I had a million questions I could ask asked him about JFK. But I we just talked about, you know, the weather and sports and everything but, you know, his, his new grandchild. Um, but I'll um, – Jim, uh, before he left uh, to fly back to Fort Worth, he said, you know uh, – if you ever need a a guest last minute, give me a call. So I'll get him back on, and and uh, and I'll ask. We'll do it. We'll 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 ask him about uh, about that. Hale Boggs and the involvement of the Clintons.
5: I just I just heard that or read that somewhere, and I thought well, you know that that would be might be a sign of advanced grooming. You know, grooming folks for uh, the later presidency or or whatever.
1: I had heard that he uh, now again this is pure uh, speculation, legend, what have you. But I had heard that a young Bill Clinton spent some time up at Kennebunkport, um, the Bush's compound, when he was uh, a teenager, uh, which is kind of interesting. So right. there you go.
5: And we know he was at the White House while well, President Kennedy was still president. That's too,
1: right. So. Yes, that's right. So, so. All right, Andrew. Great. Hey, thanks for checking in. Great to hear from Kentucky. Love your show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew. Bye, Richard. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Love to hear from our US uh, listeners. Uh, we got time for one more Damien before break. All right. Let's uh, say hello to Bruce. He's in the West Hill neighborhood of Toronto, I believe. Bruce, good morning. Good morning. Is it
6: West Hill in uh, Out Scarborough Way? West Hill, Scarborough East. Yes, West Hill. I guess is a thing of the past.
1: No, 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 no. I yeah. love these. I love the being specific with the neighborhoods West because that's Hill, part of the identity.
6: Creek. All those good old things are seem to be going by the wayside. Well,
1: we won't let it, Bruce. <laughs> okay. You're, it's Bruce from West Hill on this program. Yes, yes, All right, yes, Bruce. What's on your mind?
6: Nothing. To, I just want to tell you that I uh, I make sure, even though I'm tired every Monday morning, I stay up for your show. God bless you. <laughs> I've been following you for years, just like that one of your other people. Um, I check it out. Uh, and tonight I checked out your your show prior to listening. And I thought that lady that you're going to have on, she didn't sound interesting to me. But boy, oh boy, once she got on, I was so interested. Oh, Dr. Magda Havis.
1: Yes. I tell you, uh, this yeah. you know this, I've see, I'm seeing Nikola Tesla in a whole new light. I, 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 I had no idea. Uh, I mean, I knew, I knew about uh, that he was first with the radio, and I knew that he had developed a remote-controlled boat during, before the First World War. I knew, you know, about the Tesla coil. I had no idea he had developed these healing technologies and these singing plants. My
6: lord. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, the, all that stuff was fantastic, the, the technology, the, the healing, the sound, and all that. But that, the singing plants. Now, what do I eat now? <laughs> exactly, salad is murder. Apparently, if yeah, plants I mean, can I can't sing, salad I can't eat bread and meat or any kind of meat.
1: I tell you, if plants can sing, I'll never look at a cob salad the same way. <laughs> I, we'll do a duet, maybe, with a cob salad next on the show. Bruce in that... West Hill, thank you for checking in. I got to oh, run.
6: Okay, thank you very much. Listen, if I want to get talking about something else, can I, how do I get a hold of you?
1: Through the website, my friend RichardSarat Shoot me an email. email eh? you. You got it. Thank you, sir. All right. Good night. The Conspiracy Show, Open Lines, back with more. Stay with us. All right, welcome back. Uh, just before the break, Bruce from West Hill here in Toronto called in, and he mentioned these singing plants. And if you're just joining us, you're saying, what, singing plants? What are you talking about? Well, a little while ago, we had Dr. Magda Havis on the program, uh, and she called from her lab uh, and uh She's doing these experiments. Well, first, let me just back up. She's, she's um, going to be speaking at Tesla Mania, a celebration of Nikola Tesla's life and his inventions uh, here in Toronto, Niagara Falls, Oakville, coming up in July, July 10th to the 13th, talking about the healing technologies of, uh, of Tesla, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. Uh, anyway, she's been experimenting with, with these plants, and she, she hooked them up to a, a MIDI uh, I'm a techno-peasant, you know that, but it's, a, it's some sort of a, a musical interface so that you can compose music on a computer. So these plants were essentially singing. We had them... We, they made their radio debut right here on The Conspiracy Show. It was a, a Boston fern and a um, an aloe plant. I think the aloe was playing uh, the drums. The aloe was playing the skins. Uh, and... Um, the Boston Fern was doing its best impression of Peter Appleyard. And it was, it was magnificent. It was, it was, uh, I was gobsmacked anyway. Um, Bob Connolly, who's sort of the, the, the man behind Tesla mania, uh, apparently is going to take these plants out on the road. He's kind of, he's going to play the, he's going to be sort of the Brian Epstein for this band of plants. And, uh, Robert Connolly has joined us on the, uh, on the line now. Bob, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. How are you?
7: Well, thank you very much for uh, inviting me on the show. I, I must say that uh this is the first time I've ever done a radio interview. Is that right? Yeah, so you're, you know, I'm a virgin.
1: <laughs> Don't worry, I will be gentle. Okay. Okay, uh first, let's just talk a a, a few minutes uh, about Tesla Mania and then I got to get to these plants. So, Tesla Mania, July 10th to the 13th. Um July 10th is, is Nikola Tesla's birthday, so you're celebrating his, 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 uh, his birthday, his accomplishments, his inventions. Um, just give us the, uh, a few more details.
7: Well, okay. So I've been uh, you know, shooting with Bill and Magda and about uh, 40 other scientists uh, for the past uh, three years – uh, mostly over in Europe and uh, quite a bit in the United States.
1: You mentioned Bill.
7: You mean Dr. William Pollack? Yeah, who Dr. Is... Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Pollack. Um, and, uh, you know, they've all been saying, you know, when's the film going to come out? When's the film going to come out? And I've always said, well, you know, when it's done, it's, it'll be out. So uh, it, this his birthday came out, this Tesla, Tesla's birthday, and a couple of people said, why don't you just show the what you've learned on the, the history of magnetic field therapy, that, that Tesla part, and, uh, you know, let, let us help you promote it. So I says, okay, I'll, I'll play that portion of the film, and uh, maybe I can get some of the people that I've uh, interviewed uh, in my film to come out and appear live on stage. So I called them all up, and I said, how would you like to come to uh, the Ontario Science Centre, and I'll play uh, the portion of the film where I interview you, and then you walk out on the stage, and you demonstrate... Uh, in front of the audience in the you know a science-center-type uh, atmosphere uh, right on stage and show how all these things work.
1: And, and the, the film is called The Healing Fields.
7: Yes, The Healing Field, it's it, it sort of like a play on words, I, I, I guess, because uh, it's sound, light, and electromagnetic field therapy. In the beginning, it was just uh, electromagnetic fields because I had such a miraculous healing with... Uh, You know, I was, I I got quite ill, um, you know, being overexposed to all of this stuff, you know, working in the technology industry. And, you know, when I met uh, Magda and she uh, introduced me to this pulsing magnetic field therapy stuff, and I said, like, we really need to tell the world about it. Let's go make a film. And, you know, she got permission for, to do this at the, at her university and, you know, took a sabbatical. And, you know, so we hit the road.
1: Much of it was shot in Europe, I understand, where they're far more open uh, to this uh, t- this type of uh, technology.
7: Well, it's you know it's you know I could give you sort of a brief you know a quick synopsis of, of what happened was when Tesla's technology sort of went underground in 1910 because of that Flexner report. Uh, you know the Russians didn't buy into this whole system, so you know they uh, developed it and uh, fine tuned it to a very high degree. And when the wall came down, the uh, East Germany. Uh, shared it with West Germany, and then there was uh, sort of like a bit of suppression from from the West and West Germany, and they just moved it over to Switzerland, which is sort of like a neutral country, and it, it flourished there for, you know, 25 years, and gradually the internet became popular. Uh, people, uh, you know, found out what really, really was happening, and they sort of like just ordered them, you know, through the mail order, and they got them, and Dr. Oz decided to break it to North America on the show, and Dr. Oz came out uh, with um, Dr. Pollock, and the rest is history, really.
1: Okay, listen, uh, Bob. We're, gonna, we're going into a break here. Stay with us. On the other side, I want to ask you about this uh, this band of uh, of singing plants that you're going to take on the road, and uh, and then it, if you've got a call, if you've got a line. Uh, uh, the rest of you. Hold on to it. Atash in uh, Scarborough, Mark in Mississauga, Jim in uh, Toledo, Ohio. Hold on to your line. We'll get to you as well. Back with uh, more of my conversation with Robert Connolly, the man behind Tesla Mania. We're going to find out about these singing plants. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Uh, welcome back. Again, if you've got a line, hold on to it. We're doing open lines. Uh, Bob Connolly is here. Bob is the uh, the brains behind Tesla Mania, a celebration. It's a festival and exposition, four days uh, celebrating the uh, the inventions, the visions, and the life of the great, the brilliant, the eccentric Nikola Tesla. Um, and uh, we talked a little bit about that before the break, but I want to talk about this, this band of plants that you're taking on the road, Bob. Uh, so... Tell me. Tell me more about it.
7: Well, uh, Mag just sort of described how we sort of, you know, fell onto this thing. You know, we're trying to get a response from the plants by microwaving them and see if we could put them under stress. And uh, she did explain that when we walked over with uh, some water and we watered the other plants, that the, the plant that we were monitoring actually responded to it. But um, we, she failed to mention that that water was... Being charged underneath a Tesla coil, ah, uh-huh. uh, yeah, because we found that you could you, you could you could lay on a mat and put the magnetic fields in your body, or the uh, the Germans are now making machines that charge up water, so you can just drink the water and it's having quite a similar effect. So this water that we were charging, the plant could sense that this really I think was special water, right, so, right, yeah, and we'd been watering these plants with this water, and they're they're growing extremely healthy uh, and disease-free, uh, so we're, we're finding that um, uh, they sort of like what we're doing to them, so we're forming a very interesting relationship to them, so I said, you know, we have to, you know, bring this point out, and let's see if we can get them to, you know, play some sound, so we thought in the beginning when, instead of the squiggly line, it would go, ee, or ooh, you know, just so... When I'm filming it, it's right. just not filming a squiggly line. And luck would have it when I we went back to the company that makes these things for the CIA and the NSA.
1: Like the they galvanic act, skin response.
7: Well, they're called electrodermal ampl- amplifiers. Right, right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're just used by, you know, the the, the police department to, tell, to see if you're telling a lie or not. Sure. Yeah, and... Uh, luck would have it that when i went back and asked them to add some sound to it one of the programmers uh, was uh, you know was a music programmer and he was a specialist in midi which is musical instrument digital interface and you know my my background before i was a movie producer i was a record producer and i was you know very close to you know the invention of midi and promoting it along with apple computers so i i gave the guy a whole pile of instructions and listing and a quite sizable budget to build me some specialized software for this so um, he really had fun and went to town, and he delivered something that was, you know, quite mind blowing. So, do
1: you think these um, plants are actually composing,
4: Robert?
7: Well, how it works is that um, when, there, when the waveform goes up and down, uh, like a sine wave, and they, they said at, you know, uh, let's say, say zero is, you know, the, the baseline, and you know, right at the top of the peak of the wave, that would be like maybe uh, ten millivolts. So they did it steps up the thing. So one millivolt is an A and two millivolts is an A sharp like this. So uh, that's why you'd get this sound. So I says, okay, that'll, you know, that's interesting. They had it so the plants would only play in, in a certain key so they wouldn't sound bad. But what we found is quite bizarre because some plants refused to play at all um, and other plants were, were very happy to play um, and some plants wouldn't play at all for some people, and other people that walked up to it, it, it played a song. So it, well, they definitely are responding to the, 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 the frequencies that are being emitted by our bodies. I,
1: I always find the ivy is very clingy.
7: <laughs> the, you know, w- 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 we we've really were so stumped when... Um, we 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 gave a performance, a sort of like just waving our hands around on top of them, sort of scaring them so right. they would would make noise. And then, uh, you know, the next day, you know, I came down to sort of like to say, you know, thanks, guys. Like that was the performance. I think I'm going to start a band with you guys, and they were dead silence. They would not make one sound, and I was sort of perplexed about that. I thought something was wrong with the software. So, I just there was happened to be a sort of a crystal singing bowl and. I started it up and it wo woo, 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 woo and that makes a perfect sine wave and all of a sudden all of the plants lit up right at that time and My they, word. they they mimicked the sine wave exactly to the crystal bowl. And I said, These pe- these plants are listening to the frequencies that are being emitted by the piezoelectric you know, crystal that these singing bowls are made out of. So we just we went really deeply into crystal at that time, researching, you know, crystals to figure out what they do. And we've, you know, ended up making some wait, very...
1: Wait like, a minute, Bob. They were matching... Were they matching you note for note?
7: Well, you know, so like a sine wave is a very gentle wave. It's like a wave on the ocean. It's like 60 hertz sine waves. And when you do a singing ball, you have like an A singing ball and a D singing ball. Okay. And, you know, different ones. And then, so whatever singing ball I was playing, the plant was exactly matching that, and I said, well, it's, it must be rattling the leaves, or, you know, it's, it, right, it can't right. really be that intelligent, so we took it off and hooked it up to everything else in the lab, including ourselves and everybody else, but it was only the plants that would mimic this sound, so we knew that they were, they were mimicking this sound.
1: That is absolutely astounding. I mean, is it possible that you could train an azalea uh, to play For Release by Beethoven? I'm not being facetious here.
7: Well, so this is, you know, our plants are very special plants. Like, we, you know, we're watering them on, under, you know, te- Tesla made this special Tesla coil. I, I, Tesla coil is not that cylinder coil that comes straight up, A Tesla coil is a flat coil. That's what he got his patent on. It's a very special coil, and there's machines made in, you know, Germany using this coil that are water energizers, and they use very complicated frequencies to put this into water. And that's, our plants are growing quite differently. And the same companies over there are, are making pulse light machines. So everything that you can pulse with a, an electron or a magnetic field, you can do it in, in a photon in a laser or an LED. So, you know, over there, what they do is they they pulse the lights at certain frequencies to, you know, to bring you out of a coma. They shine the light into your retina, up to your pineal gland to your brain to pull you out of a coma so the the plants actually instead of having floor monitors like a like a rock band does when you you listen to the music coming up from the stage so you can hear what you're doing we're feeding, we're lighting up the plants with uh, photons that are being modulated to the sounds that they're making. So this, they're not listening to themselves to the speakers. They're listening to themselves to the modulated light.
1: Right. This is, uh, this is just fascinating. Listen, Robert, uh, again, Teslamania, uh, details at teslamania.tv. Keep me uh, up to date on this plant band, if you would. Okay. I really appreciate it, Robert. Thanks. Teslamania.tv. Robert, uh, uh appreciate you being with us. Uh, let me grab a couple of quick calls here before we uh, run out of time. Jim has been holding a while in Toledo, Ohio. Jim, thanks for holding on, and welcome. Good morning.
8: Hi. Hey. My, uh, I have been treated with a huge industrial magnet when I've had lower back pain.
4: It was uh, on a test here in Toledo with my uh, cardiologist. His name is James Roberts, Jr., and he was working with a Dr. Dean Bonley. Out of Calgary, Alberta, I slept over this for about uh, five nights, eight hours a night, about forty hours, and I no longer have lower back pain.
1: And this is a this is a, a mattress, a mat.
4: No, this is a magnetic, a uh, huge clinical industrial magnet that weighs ten thousand pounds.
1: Oh, I see. It's not in. It's not in because you see these mattresses and pillows uh, advertised with magnets uh, and so forth.
4: He's involved. He's involved with that, too, but this is much stronger and much bigger, and it was done with for an FDA study.
8: In fact, I actually got paid for it, which is even better.
1: Wow. No more back pain, Jim.
8: No more back pain.
1: That is remarkable. Thank you for, uh, for checking in with that. I appreciate it, Jim in Toledo. Uh, very quickly, Mark is in Mississauga. Mark, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show.
8: Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, just wanted to get your uh, opinion, if you, you might have anything on... Uh, the pe- the Pegasus Project, just a very short one, because I know you're running out of time, is I met George Norrie a couple of summers ago and he came into Toronto. He had a couple of guests on. It was, it was quite a quite nice show to listen to. And then he had a meet and greet at the end of the show. Right. And I asked him about the Pegasus Project, what's his opinion? And, of course, George was pretty neutral. He wouldn't give me an answer either way. Bottom line is this. Uh, when that gentleman was on...
1: Andrew Bashago. I, I know Andrew.
8: Yes, exactly. I heard a story live... I flew on the radio at the time.
1: Well, for people, let me just uh, jump yep. in here, because for people who don't know what we're talking about, Mark, uh, Andrew Buscego is a, um, he's a lawyer, a very bright, uh, uh, intelligent individual, lives up in the northwest of the United States, and, and, and maintains that he was part of this secret time travel project called Project Pegasus. And as a child, uh, he was basically time traveling. In fact, he he has a picture he's shown me. Uh, of uh, Lincoln uh, giving the Gettysburg Address, and uh, he points to a, a small child in, the, in this photograph, and uh, he says he swears up and down that's him. He traveled back. He witnessed the Gettysburg Address. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, Andrew tells a tells the story remarkably well. Uh, I have great difficulty, uh, in all honesty, believing the story is true however uh... andrew was featured on one of my uh, the episodes of uh, one of my episodes on the, the conspiracy tv program we did on time travel yep, yep. he seems very sincere
8: you know richard i had to just throw that in there because when i asked george about his opinion when he mentioned obama president was about fourteen years old on mars because he was talking about them on mars when he was teaching and so forth he saw ed dames there right and after the whole speech and i listened to very convincing Ed James called in on the George Norris show a couple of years ago, and he nicely lambasted uh, this gentleman, saying how false it was. But he called right in Major Ed James and just put it down nicely there in a you way go. that this is totally untrue. Right. And again, very convincing, but I did ask George, and he was very neutral, and it's up to you, and I just threw that to you to wonder where would you lean towards? Appreciate it.
1: Mark, neutral. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Listen, I, I just want to say hello to, to Atesh very quickly, because he's been waiting in Scarborough. Atesh, I'm sorry I didn't uh, have a lot of time. You wanted to talk about reincarnation, right? Hi,
7: yeah. Hi, Richard. Sorry. Um, thank you, and good morning. Um,
5: I was. I just got like twenty
1: seconds, Atesha. I I apologize. I just I, I just want yeah, no won.
5: no no problem.
4: In a reincarnation, we in
5: in the Hinduism, it says that we need to take uh, sixteen million um, life and death. You have That's to live sixteen million. Incarnate. and it says there are Sanskrit script. It says that there are incarnation evidence happening right now as well in south, southern part of India. And secondly, I was talking. I was also interested in the Tesla
1: mania thing. Yes, Atesh, uh, I'm sorry. I got to go. Listen, uh, call me. Yeah. Uh, call me next time, and I'll put you to the front of the oh. line. I apologize, Atesh no in Scarborough. Uh, Damien, thanks for producing. Back next week with a brand new program. Hope you'll be part of that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. Nothing concealed that won't be revealed. Nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I say in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.